Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. You know me. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. We got a lot of ground to cover. I've got a lot to talk about. So much happening, so much going on in our world, the hobby. I'm fired up. I think we've got a week of NFL action under our belt. We've got the overreaction train charging forward. And I don't even hate it. I kind of like it. It's fun. It's fun to speculate. It's fun to watch what happens. And a lot of people would say, why are they putting money in this guy? Or why are they putting money in this guy? For me, I don't really care. Keep putting money. Let's grow the damn football market. I love it so much. There's going to be more on that, more on so many topics. But I want to first start out and congratulate the new WWE champion of the world, my man, Big E. I think unanimously throughout the wrestling industry, throughout the locker room, tweets, comments, podcasts, everywhere you go, everyone's really, really excited for Big E. He cashed in on Bobby Lashley on Monday night and now is taking the baton, reuniting with his New Day brothers. And man, I'm excited. I'm excited they put the strap on Big E. I've been a fan of the New Day and Big E. And to be honest with you, um, outside of the women's revolution on the WWE side, I would say that the New Day has been probably the most culturally relevant act that has been a part of WWE programming in quite some time. Um, I think they are transcendent superstars. We will be talking about the New Day for quite some time. Kofi got his run in a memorable moment at WrestleMania, defeating Daniel Bryan um, for his first run. And now uh, Big E's getting a little time to shine. So I love that. Just want to shout that out off the top. Um, really good stuff. Hopefully, um, he and the rest of the New Day can make Raw great again. I'm pumped for it. All right, let's go into the Colts hard knock stuff. I got so many questions and comments, and when the news hit me, I really didn't know how to react. My first response coming out of a loss, then seeing the Colts were going to be in the first in-season hard knocks, uh, I was a little overwhelmed. I was like, I'm a hardcore Colts guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm in the weeds, training camp, day-to-day stuff. I'm paying attention to injury reports, what's happening in practices, consuming content. I'm super fan. Went to the game, saw the loss, going again this week. I'll be going to every game that I can. That's what I do always. They're my squad. Um, but I was a little overwhelmed because I was like, man, if if they're not having a great season, do I really want this type of exposure? Do I, is this, how's this going to make me feel? Um, and I get the business side of it. I think, you know, F1 and their, then their Netflix series obviously has um, allowed new people to come in, be fans of uh, F1 who might not have had that exposure. So I, I get the business side, I get the exposure that it can bring on the Colts, the players and that team. I think, uh, there is a uh, peek behind the curtain, as I was talking about, that I'm not quite sure 
that I'm ready for during the season. We will see. So I'm wavering a little bit, but ultimately I think the reason why Jim Mercy put a thumbs up on this is the fact that this is a platform where he can and the Colts organization can promote the kicking the stigma campaign. And the kicking the stigma campaign is a campaign run by Jim Irsay, and it is directed at a nationwide campaign around mental health and mental health awareness. So I think the reason why that the Colts took this opportunity was to shine some more light on that campaign, which if my instincts uh, are true on that one, I think that's a really good thing and I do support it. More conversations around mental health, more exposure, and I really like the opportunity for my team to be helping drive that throughout the country. Speaking of Colts, I got to just say I'm really excited right now as I record this on a Saturday. Colts have a tough matchup against the Rams. Two Hall of Famers in the building, Edron James and Peyton Manning. Have you ever heard of them? They'll be honored at halftime. I'm fired up. Anytime greatness steps back into Lucas Oil Stadium, I'm about it. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Hopefully the squad um, plays well in their honor. I want to thank Justin at 610 Sports Cards. Uh, Just a wealth of knowledge, so much insight. Uh, Really enjoyed that conversation. I love the dealer perspective, and I love the perspective he lended on the buyer and just this in-person activity and how we um, should carry ourselves and just some good ideas on how to operate while at, at the show. Justin's a great dude. I love to talk a little wrestling with him. Hopefully he'll be someone we can get on here um, soon. And one of the things that triggered me that I'm going to spend some time on in our conversation was it was small. It was a small little uh, uh, nugget, but, you know, it was around this idea that the hobby isn't all roses, although a lot of people want to make it seem like it is. And Justin reminded me of that. And I think, This led me, once I hung up the Zoom with him, started really reflecting on the hobby as a whole. And, you know, this is, this, I talk about the hobby as a whole, um, but the hobby as the whole isn't something that necessarily interests me, every little nook and cranny. It doesn't. We operate and we collect and we're passionate and we've got our lanes. And I think there are lanes within the, the, the massive world of the hobby that we like to focus on. And the thing I like about Stacking Slabs listeners and the Stacking Slabs community is we're real ass people and there's no bullshit. There's none. We're real. We all can sniff out when something is inauthentic. And I watch us do this all the time. I do. And you know, you know, it's it's the accountability thing. You know, there are watchdogs, police, whatever, no hobby. There's no hobby police, but there's, you know, people self-appointed. Um, hobby regulators that are out there, which is good from an accountability perspective. But I think as an individual, it's it's just kind of how we're wired. When we see something funny, we say something. And I think something happened last week that, quite frankly, overwhelmed me on the heels of recording with Justin. And I put up a story and it just asked people to share um, their their misses. Okay. So, you know, there a lot of the time we spend money and energy and resources on buying cards, even cards of players that we love. And sometimes those players, it it causes us to be on tilt a little bit. And oftentimes we don't 
succeed and we end up losing a lot of money and we learn from those mistakes and then we decide, you know what, I don't want to speculate as much anymore and I put my money in guys that I love. And even though if they lose money, uh, I won't care because I just want the cards. That's the story. We all go through it. Um, so I decided to take a step back and, you know, the, the, the mainstream hobby platforms are talking about cards that are going up and that's all they want to talk about is the, the roses and the, the flowers. And what they want to do is get you to think that the cards are going up and everything is hunky dory and we're all happy and you should go put your money on this. And what we're going to talk about is our wins and how we do things. And just the fact of the matter is I'm going to point blank say it's it's bullshit there's there's no way that platforms and individuals um can stay in that sp- space where this is what we're doing this is what i recommend you're doing and there it's there's an inauthenticity because they don't take that step and look and say you know what okay i've made some money on x y and z players but you know what over the last 6 months i've been kicked on the ground and I've been beat up and I've lost hundreds and thousands of dollars. They don't want you to know that because it puts some dirt on their shine. You know what I mean? And if you're new coming in and you're seeing these big platforms, they they, they just want to make people believe that you put your money in cards and you listen to my content or listen to my stuff, then you're going to be good and I'm your guy that's going to or gal that's going to help you be good and we're going to make you some money. That's the problem. That's the big problem and it's a point that we and I touched on this a little bit last week is that the the the, the conversation shouldn't be about me telling you what to do. And it shouldn't be about me and my self-interest. It should be about the hobby and the community, right? That's the problem with a lot of what's going on right now on the content creation game. Like, spare me, spare me from a player doing well and you one week and you telling me that we need to go out and buy his cards right now. Just spare me from that. That's spent. That is, it, I'm, we're over it, okay? So anyways, I'm on a little bit of tangent. You can tell this fires me up a little bit. But I put it out because we're authentic. We're real ass people here. I said, hey, everyone, like, I just, you know, got done with this conversation. Like, I, I, I'm, I'd love to know, like, have, well, who are some of your misses? What are some of your L's? Uh, what are some of those players that you bought that just did not work out? And people sharing their misses, what went wrong, and people taking the time to share the things that were misses for them, but maybe weren't misses for other people. And people not sharing their misses, but reaching out to me saying, thank you for doing this. And when, I started to see these flood in. I started to share them. Um, I started to share them because like, it's not often in the hobby we talk about what's gone wrong or what's something that we've learned from. And I think that's where the power is, okay? When, when I'm sharing uh, you know, 25 to, I don't know, 50 somewhere in there, people that are saying, you know what, Brett, like, yeah, this guy killed me. Like, um, I bought a bunch of these players and I just literally wasted, put a bunch of money down the drain. And the people that responded back are the same people that listen to this show. It's the people that have evolved and take pride in our hobby and make themselves vulnerable. And vulnerability in the hobby is a really great thing. However, people on the other side don't want to show their vulnerability because 
having a microphone, having a YouTube channel makes them feel good and makes them feel powerful, okay? Makes them feel good and makes them feel powerful. And when they're in that power position, they don't want you to know that they've lost thousands, hundreds of thousands, a lot of money on cards buying at the peak, okay? Cards buying at the peak that they spent a lot of money on and they don't want you to know about that, okay? And, and they don't want you to know that maybe there's receipts out there, okay? Maybe there are. Maybe there's conversations on the blowout forum um, exposing some of this stuff. I don't know. It's just a lot of stuff gets sent my way. But this is what I'm saying. I love the fact that people that listen to the show, that follow me, are willing to say, you know what? I'm going to make myself vulnerable. I'm going to share some misses I've had because somebody else can learn from it. And that's the shit that this hobby is all about. It's all about learning from each other, okay? So I think the problem with a lot of the big platforms is they don't understand how to be real. Take off your mask, yo. Serve your audience. Don't try to game and benefit from your audience and think about you, okay? Think about how you can serve your audience. Pushing your product down our throats isn't a way to win our hearts and minds, okay? And that's what you got to do as a marketer. And I'm in a position to be able to do this because you know why? This is what I wake up and do every damn day. I build brand, okay? And it's insulting to me to watch other people say they're building brand when all they're doing is trying to take, take from their audience. It's not a long-term strategy, not at all. I spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week building brands for businesses. The thing many people fail to realize is that it's not about you, okay? People want to make it about themselves, and this is where everyone misses. Any brand builder in cards or outside of cards in 2021 should know that the more you give back and the more you help, the more you will get on the other side. And the problem that we have is that there's too much transactional thinking Too many people have egos and it's never a good look. And I don't care about seeing your face all over the place and you considering yourself influencer in the hobby because you're not real, okay? Everyone who responded and is in this community is real by my book because they're willing to be vulnerable. And those people that are willing to be vulnerable are the people that I want to have shows. I want to encourage to create YouTube channels. I want to say go ham on your Instagram account because. I'm learning from you, and it shouldn't just be me. It should be other people, and that's why I share this stuff. People are going to bat for for guys that I shared because they were over their skis, invested in them, and they had no choice. I shared my misses. You remember me when I when I started the show for about the first you know six months, eight months. All I could talk about was Seku Deboye. Well, guess what? I missed out, and I lost a lot of money on him. But that's okay. You know what's important? I learned from that. Man, I'm uh, getting a little juiced up right now, but this is a topic, obviously, that you know is near and dear to my heart. And just as a punchline to the community, my what I want to say and what I want to get out of what I just said is just be as real as you possibly can be. And if something bad happens to you where you sell a card at a 50% loss, like it's okay. No one is viewing anyone in the hobby as needing to be an expert and needing to do this. like That's not how we roll. What you can do to build your brand and make what you're doing uh, as powerful as possible and build connections and build audiences, just tell us about it. Tell us so we can avoid those mistakes. I want to shout out my man, Sean, Victory Investments. 
as we're talking about content, as we're talking about brand, uh, just congratulate him on a piece that he put together that went out there. So go check out at Victory Investments if you haven't seen it already. Um, but he created one of the greatest hobby pieces of content that I've seen. Okay. And I, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think this piece was so great. And if you've seen it, I'm sure you have an opinion on it. My role, my job, just walk you through a little bit of a week on the professional and personal side combined. Okay. So I am recording five podcast episodes a week at this point. I am authoring four to six articles a week. I am managing several different social media handles while building and developing a go to market strategy around message and how we reach audience while having hundreds of conversations over the last several months with people in key demo, the key demographic of the company that we're building. Okay. So the point of view that point of view that you have to take, you have to make an impact to ask yourself, what is something that I can build and deliver that is going to answer the question or make my audience feel something when you're creating content? That's how I think about content creation is when I'm building something, is it going to answer someone's questions or is it going to make my audience feel something? So Sean's piece made me feel something. When I got done watching his piece, and here, here's a little vulnerability. When I got done watching his piece, I, I messaged him and said, congratulations, this is awesome, and brought a little tear to my eye. I told him, it made, made, him, made me cry a little bit. And I say this, I was, I, was, I was involved in the video. I had like a, a 10 second thing. And I would have said if I wasn't involved in the video that this was one of the best uh, pieces of content I've ever seen just because it's that, so that, it's that good. Um, it was good because it wasn't all about Sean. It was about the cards and the community. He facilitated the relationships that he had in the hobby to create a video that told stories and offered perspectives. So many amazing contributors were on this and to be honest, we needed this. Uh, we needed this as a hobby. In a period of time where people are trying to are stuck in the negative and take advantage of others, Sean shared a video to remind us why we are all here and why the hobby we love isn't going away. Just want to say, Sean, well done, man. If you're listening to Stacking Slabs, go check out at Victory Investments. Go check out, hit the, go to his page, hit the middle button there, you know, the, the, the IGTV, hit, watch the full video. We're going to do a little mail day. I got some mail in from some people going to talk, answer some questions. That's going to close out our show here. Um, I've got a fun one coming up. I'm interviewing, or I have already interviewed by the time this goes live. It was an early interview. I got my man, high end Kyler, my man, Peter, man, people are talking about Kyler Murray, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of people talking about Kyler Murray. And when I got back in the hobby, I was buying Kyler Murray. And the one account and page that I'd always go to was High End Kyler because he's got the best Kyler Murray collection in the world. So coming off the heels of all the Kyler attention, I wanted to walk through his process and mindset on why he invested so much energy and time in Kyler Murray early and how he has managed that throughout his now entering his third year. This is a fun conversation. You're going to learn a lot about speculation. You're going to learn a lot about passion. You're going to learn a lot about um, managing um, risk 
and I really enjoyed this conversation. So we're sharing that out on Friday. That wrestling figure collection I, I told you about, see you later. It is gone. I made a deal. I still got some back. I'm still collecting AEW figures because you know that's the unofficial sponsor of the Stacking Slabs podcast. But I got some capital. That capital's going right back in the hobby. I appreciate everyone giving me feedback after last uh, week's conversation around the NFT discussion. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm not going to bring it up again. But you know, I know that a lot of you felt that, and I appreciate all of the feedback. We all have different personalities in the hobby, and we all operate differently when we are trying to acquire sports cards. There's a lot of lone wolves out there. I don't necessarily understand it because I think the community and the opportunity to learn and connect with other people is super powerful. Um, The hobby is the hobby because it provides us access to an, an incredible community, okay? Now, this is a community. This community won't just start doing things for you, okay? It's on us first to give back. Again, that's about the content creation. The more you give value and the more you give back, the more it'll come around with you, to you. Once we start helping others, I think that's when you start building relationships. These relationships lead to trust. Trust is the most important thing in the hobby as participants we can earn with our peers. And a lot of people don't see that. Trust leads to information and information is the most valuable asset that we have. It helps us Mitigate risk, avoid buying cards at the peak. Now, these big platforms and big things that talk about buying, what they don't talk about mitigating risk. They don't tell you to avoid buying cards at certain times because there's too much self-interest there. What building relationships and people one-to-one connections do, they, you learn from others and you, and you get, gather that information. And like I said, information is power. It also helps us know where the damn cards are at. Not every card you want's on eBay. The cards are buried in people's collections. And the more you talk with individuals, the more you learn where those cards are at. And then you can make a deal, get a nice warm introduction. So sharing. When I'm interested in learning more, if there's a card that I want and it's not a surefire, like I'm going to hit buy it now, right now, I ask people about it. And I don't just, I, there are pockets of people around the different lanes that I operate in that I trust. And I don't just ask one person, I ask several and I pull themes together and I pull themes from what everyone said, says. Now I've got my opinion, which is about 80% of it. And then there's 20% where I want feedback and it's just not feedback from one person. It's, just, it's a group of people. So I'm pulling these themes together and I think you, your opinion should outweigh everything. But I think the extra stuff is a boost of confidence when you're buying sports cards. And I think this is important and this is the benefit that we all have of operating in a hobby and that is a community around helping others. Not always about you, it's about helping others. So I think that's really powerful and that's something I'm going through this week and just wanted to call out. Let's close the damn show out with some mail. I'm going to start with uh, Husolino. Husolino, hopefully I got that right. Husolino wants to know, how do I support my LCS when the racks, wax prices are offensively over eBay sales. Well, when I got back in the hobby, I didn't even quality control wax prices on eBay and just I'd go to my LCS and bullshit for a little bit, then buy some hobby boxes and I'd be out. Obviously, I've changed my tune a little bit. But I think one of the things I'd just say is that going and supporting your LCS isn't just about buying wax. I think a lot of people might think that that think that and 
That's obviously the feature of the moneymaker for a lot of LCSs. And when you walk in, there's the wax wall and you look at it. You're, even though you know it's not a good idea, your mind takes you to the wax and says, man, how do I start justifying the cost? I think that's it. You just should, you, you shouldn't feel obligated to buy wax when you walk into LCS. You, there's many other ways you can support your LCS. You can tell friends about LCS. You can, uh, people that are getting back in the hobby, point them to the LCS. That's supporting your LCS. You can buy singles at LCS. And I think there's just several other ways. Brian underscore Doyle 005, does Andy Kaufman have wrestling cards? You know, I saw this question come in. I can never remember an Andy Kaufman wrestling card that I've seen. I know he's got wrestling figures, Jack's classic superstars wrestling figure. Uh, There's an Andy Kaufman with Jerry the King Lawler two-pack. It's fantastic. Uh, But I don't know. I don't think so. I'm curious. I'm going to be digging a little more. If any wrestling card collectors are listening to this, which I know you are, um, and you know there's an Andy Kaufman card, share it with me and let's get that exposed, but not that I know of. Danny Lyman 22, the best Peyton Manning game you ever saw in person. Well, obviously, when you are a season ticket holder and you go see a majority of Peyton Manning's games in person at the RCA Dome in Lucas Oil, there's a lot of things that trigger, and it's a, honestly, it's an overwhelming question. But... I love the historical significance of like fielding a question like this and thinking back on the the book the the games and the moments and um, one that immediately hit me and I'm just going to go with this one because it came at a pivotal time in Peyton's career and for the Indianapolis Colts was in 2003 and it was the AFC Wild Card game against his team and team of the future the Denver Broncos. Okay, so this is 2003. This is coming off the heels of uh, a brutal loss in 2002, 41-0. Peyton was having great regular seasons. Peyton wasn't having great success yet in the playoffs. And in that 2003 AFC wildcard game, Peyton Manning was absolutely unstoppable. He threw four touchdowns in the first half. Brandon Stokely was all over the place. And it it was kind of a coming out party. It was kind of a move from just this great young player to, okay, this guy means business. I want to say that game to me just because everything he did was in on the playoffs in the big stage was just flawless. And that game, I just remember being in the building and just freaking out because every time Peyton dropped back, you know, he was throwing over Champ Bailey and it was like crazy. So that game, I love that game. We went on after that to beat up Kansas City in Arrowhead and then of course uh started the trend of uh losing to the Pats in the AFC Championship and that one I remember really hurting but that game ruled. SZ Sports Cards all-time favorite athlete outside of NBA football or wrestling. Again, love the question, super challenging. Um I'm not sure I have a great answer for you right now, but I will say the the name that came top of mind for me was Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps just based on his pure dominance uh, Michael Phelps, based on his vulnerability as an individual, he's this greatest, uh, one of the greatest in- Olympic athletes of all time, and he's speaking out on his uh, mental health and struggles that he ha- he has. You know, so Michael Phelps, I think to me, and it was fun this Olympics to see him in the commentating position and share his experiences. I'm not sure he's my favorite athlete of all time outside of NBA football or wrestling, but he certainly is one that 
came top of mind. Let's end this with my man, Memory Machines. He said, you summoned L's this week, which was great. Thanks, brother. Lightening it up. What's a big card W you've had? I will say probably recently the most proud buy that I've had was my PSA 9 or 2014 The Rock Tops Chrome Gold Refractor out of 50 PSA 9. I bought it for half the price of what the next sale went for in a BGS 9. So, and my man, my man Drake out there made that purchase on the BGS 9. And I'll say this I would have paid what Drake paid on the card that he bought. So, so whenever that stuff happens, that makes you feel really good. But, anyways, everyone, have a hell of a week. Hopefully, you're enjoying the show. If you like what I'm doing, hit the subscribe button. Tell a damn friend about stacking slabs. You already know the drill. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I'll be back on Friday with my man, High End Kyler, talking about Kyler Murray cards in this wacky market. Peace out.